everybody, and welcome to another episode of Eddie's Podcast Special Edition, Delta Sigma Pi Campaign Edition. We have some very exciting things happening. We have the upcoming interviews with both presidential, grand presidential candidates. Um, we will have Paul first, and then Corey has also agreed, um, and we're just setting up the dates. Tonight, we have a very special guest with us. Um, she is the third candidate we have interviewed for the Northeastern PVP. I present to you, Monica Monroe. Monica, how are you doing? I'm doing well, Eddie. Thanks so much for having me. Well, I, I think the last time we saw each other was when you were a collegiate and you were initiated in 2012, right? That is correct, at the Epsilon Kappa chapter at Shepherd University, yes. So seven years later, why are you still involved with this craziness we call Delta Sigma Pi? Ah, uh, sometimes you get addicted to it, but um, um, I, it, Delta Sigma Pi for me is a community and, um, you know, as I grow and as I um continue my leadership involvement in this awesome organization. Um, you know, it's hard to get away from it. Not that I want to, but you just want to be involved and you see how you inspire other people and how um, other people inspire you. And, um, you know, that just, um, that continues to kind of. As a collegiate, uh, before graduation, what was the, the biggest thing you got out of your collegiate experience? Well, I only had a little bit of collegiate experience. Um, I went to Shepherd for, I think, three years, and then I transferred to online um, and finished up my degree at Liberty University. And so my collegiate years were semi-short, what I think to be shorter. Um, and I think um, one of the greatest things that I experienced as a collegiate was just the community and, um, I really enjoyed, I didn't know anybody on campus. I actually told the story last night to somebody. I um, went to school and I did not know a single person at my school except for my ex-boyfriend. And, um, and I wanted that to change. Um, so I decided that I wanted to join something that was bigger than myself. And uh, here we are. <laughs> and you've been pretty involved in the national fraternity since you graduated, um, not only doing things, but pretty much going to all the provincial and, and national events that are available. Um, yeah, I took a little bit of a break um, when I went back to online school, um, just to kind of refocus myself a little bit personally. Um, and then I got back involved um, probably around 2015, 16, um, became very involved excuse me, again, in um, what was going on in, in the national spectrum. And um, lo and behold, took that RVP position by, um, by surprise. And here we are for almost four years later. So um, very happy to be where I am now. I'm very um, uh, thankful to um, be in the position that I am. What was it that made you run for RVP? <laughs> well, it was a little bit of everything. Um, one, one reason was because we didn't have anybody in the region that was running. Um, and sometimes that happens. And 
sometimes you get that nudge nudge from an alumni that says, hey, you, sh you should run. Um, and I took that nudge as, um, as a sign that I should do something greater than myself. And um, I also wanted to have a bigger voice. I felt like I wasn't doing enough as an um, as an alumni. I was involved in a under um, in an undergraduate chapter area that was pretty vast, and um, you know I wanted to take that next step and make a difference. So um, again, here we are. How many um, chapters are in the capital region? We have six right now undergraduate chapters, and then we have three alumni chapters. And. What do you think you've gotten out of your experience personally over the past four years? Oh, that's a good one. Um, probably that leadership in this role is a lot um, and it takes a lot more than yourself. Um, and that I need to also give myself grace in the volunteer role that I have. Um, it's nice though to you know reflect on those almost four years and see um not necessarily all that i have done but our region has done as far as um you know coming through a pandemic that was a really big thing and that hit our region very hard they have um a lot of chapters were struggling even before that and so to see our region come out of or starting to come out of this pandemic um still thriving is um is encouraging to me so you think right now the region's in a great place i think that we are in a place that we could always do better but there um there are certainly some improvements that we've had in so the past years the decision to run for pvp um that's that's a little bit more responsibility because not only do you have geographic regions to care for, but you have a voice on the board of directors. What what motivated you to want to take this next step? Um, I've actually been considering the position for the past two years, um, uh, as we kind of talked as a leadership uh, in the in the province. Um, there was some talk um, about who might be the replacement and. You know if um there if dan was going to be running again and um you know i have always wanted that position anyway and i thought that was always going to be the next step for me and so i started thinking about it and then the pandemic hit <laughs> and then that took my consideration even to a further step because that was a big deal um not only to our province but also to our region um, and the fact that um, there was going to be a lot more decisions that were going to have to be made and a lot bigger considerations that um, were going to have to be made in the next biennium or so. And so um, with that consideration and, you know, taking some time to reflect within myself and talk to some of my mentors um, in the fraternity and outside of the fraternity, um, you know, I still thought it was the, the right step to um, go and to um, follow that, you know, calling that I felt have, that I felt for the past two years. Now, being a PVP really means two things. It's it's when it, the core is organizing two major events a year, the uh, fall lead and the spring provincial. 
what what special talents do you have in organizing events <laughs> well that is my job um i own i have owned and um, operated my company monica elizabeth events for the past almost three years now um and what we do is specialize um in personal um, and corporate events. We haven't done a corporate event yet, but I am definitely experienced in that regard. Uh, we focus on weddings um, mostly with my business. So we're talking anywhere from, I don't know, 50 to 300 people at an event. So pretty used to holding those uh, previously at um, my uh, past job. Um, I did corporate events and that ranged from anywhere to 200 to 2000 people, depending on the, um, the event. So pretty well versed in that regard. So a uh, event with four or 500 brothers doesn't make you scared? Um, it always is scary because you never know what's going to happen. Friday night activity. You gotta make that pop. <laughs> but no, it doesn't scare me whatsoever. No, it's actually very exciting to me. Um, how has doing what you've done with Delta Sigma Pi like affected other parts of your life, like working or, or anything like that? Um, definitely has affected it. Um, as far as work goes, um, doesn't really affect it much now. I'm pretty much on my own with my small business. Um, so I have my own schedule that I can work from, which is awesome. Um, on a personal note, it has been um, quite the back and forth over the past four years or so as a leader going back and forth between that personal time and professional time and fraternal time. Um, I would say work-life balance and fraternity life balance is something that I think we all struggle with, um, especially as leaders, you want to be, uh, you know, on for everybody all the time. And um, sometimes it's great to have a reminder that we can't. Um, and so that has been something that I have been working on the past two years or so to try to make sure that I'm not on all the time for everybody. And you, you served on the COVID task force. Um, was that your first national committee? That was, yes. Um, that was the first opportunity I was given to be on a national committee and I took took it um, quite quickly. And what did you think about the experience? The experience was awesome. We got to, um, you know, chat with other brothers around the country and we got some great feedback from alumni and undergraduate alike. Um, and, you know, it's wonderful to experience a um, committee and task force that has that undergraduate um, voice because, you know what, um, they're smart. <laughs> <laughs> they're incredibly smart and um, not that I didn't think that they were, but you know, they, our undergraduates um, are pretty amazing. And I love just sitting back and listening to them chat and give us, um, give us their ideas because man, they are, they're taking us places. So as a, a board member, you're, you have all kinds of additional responsibilities. Um, do you see any issues nationally that you think need working on? Um, I think it is best sometimes to not necessarily criticize what's going on um, currently, but uh, I think there are some things we could always improve on for sure. Um, I think um, communication would be one of them. That's one of my platforms that I'm running on. 
um, is that flow of communication and how it's um, how quickly and how um, how it is portrayed to not only leadership but collegiates and alumni alike. Um, I think there's always room for improvement in that regard. Um, and also, you know, that transparency factor that, um, you know, also can always be improved on with the fact of how um, decisions are thought of and decisions are made and the storyline behind those and how we come to those decisions as a board. Um, I think that would be um, the two biggest things that I think we would currently need improving on. Um, Specifically, what would you do to improve communication and transparency, transparency or what suggestions would you bring to the table? Um, if I was elected, I am certainly going to be uh, opening up a chair position for communication. Um, I, being in marketing myself and as a small business owner, that is my lifeblood. And I think that that transposes over into um, fraternity and the fact that um, if you don't market and if you don't help open those communication lines, you fail um, and you fall behind. And I think that in order for us to not fall behind and to keep up with the generation um, that is so tech savvy, um, I think it's important to have um, the best um, communication we have possible. That might be including Facebook, although then we're starting to get away from that a little bit more. Um, that might be TikTok, that might be Snapchat, that might be um, a another group uh, that we can post on. So that is one of my goals is to have a um, communications slash marketing chair that um, can improve that uh, communication in the province. Other than transparency and these um, communication issues, what do you think is coming at Delta Sigma Pi in the next four years? Are you anticipating issues that might be residual to the pandemic? What should we be looking at? For sure. I, well, I mean, it's hard to say after the pandemic, you know, you, you have a five-year plan and then you that pandemic hit and then it kind of goes right out the window. So I definitely think we will have some re uh, residual um, problems or issues uh, post-pandemic. Um, we are a fraternity that meets um, as a body of brothers and, you know, that has been halted for the past year and almost a half. So, um, or past year. So, you, we were going to probably see and run into some financial issues that we really need to be considering. Um, we are also probably going to be needing some extra motivation as we go back into these event spaces of, you know, um, most of us haven't met in a very long time and the emotional and the mental uh, tolls that have taken on us, I think are important to recognize and realize because um, if we go into things too quickly, I feel like people will be overwhelmed and brothers will not be as attentive as they might be or as feel as welcomed as they might be because you know we haven't met in so long. So taking those things into consideration um, as well as you know, like where the future of our um, our communication goes as far as we've been meeting virtually for the past year now. What does that virtual um, environment look like post pandemic? Are we going to continue to hold on to that a little bit, or are we going to, uh, you know, taper off of that a little bit? So, a lot of things in the future. I mean, 
I would love to say that I know everything that's going to come at us, but after this past year, you know, you never know. I think we're going to be having a lot more video conference calls. <laughs> and I'm a, I'm a litigation attorney, uh, and I don't think we're ever going to go back. Uh, I, I think we'll have in-person hearings, but um, I think a lot of things will be handled by video just because the force of this technology, um, we had no choice. Everybody had to get up to speed, and now it's a year later. Yeah. In, in some regard, I like that. <laughs> then in other ways, it's awesome to meet somebody in person because, you know, you miss, miss hugging people. You miss that handshake. You, you um, miss sipping coffee with them and talking about, you know, what their favorite things are and the nature of meeting them. So, yeah, I, it, it has its um, ebbs and flows for sure. Yes, Zoom fatigue is a real thing. <laughs> so there are two other um, opponents, and, and I've interviewed both of them, but I was um, very surprised at the camaraderie that your province has, and everybody, everybody pretty much agrees that all three of you would make a great PVP. Are you of that mindset? Oh, most definitely. I feel like, um, I feel that this is a very interesting race in the fact that all of us know each other very intimately and very well. I've served um, as an RVP with Jim for the past four years and him and I are like practically best buds and we've like been in together in this leadership role. And then obviously I've known Stacy for a very long time as well. So, um, I was collegiate. So um, we are in good hands um, and I have full confidence in the leadership capabilities of all three of us. Well, that being said, why should we specifically vote for you? Oh, great question. <laughs> this is always a hard one. Um, but I think for me, I have those leadership capabilities um, looking at my job and looking at, um, you know, being in a marketing role and being in a leadership role is sometimes very hard. And my experience, not only with my job and with my uh, my fraternal experience, has put me in a position to where, you know, I've had to do hard things. Um, and not to say other people haven't, um, but um, I think one of the biggest things that um, makes me unique um, is I listen. I've been listening for the past four years. Um, I have sat back, I have um, made those connections with the undergraduates, and um, I have taken my leadership role very seriously, and um, I want this position, not just for myself, but, um, you know, I think it is the best move that we could possibly make for the uh, province at this time. So tell us something about yourself that we don't know yet. Oh, goodness. I live my life pretty much on Facebook, so I don't know. <laughs> yeah, you're going to have to go um, deep then. <laughs> um, let's see. I am left-handed. That's always unique. Um, what else? I am a musician. I have been playing the piano for the past 25 years. That really wow. beats me. Uh, <laughs> um, let's see. What else? I work from home and um, 
uh, as probably actually most everybody knows, I own my own business, which is pretty cool. And I've had um, a passion for my job since I was 16 years old. So that's pretty cool. Most people don't get to say that. When are events going to start happening again in your occupation or are they happening? They are happening very slowly. Um, they um, actually, uh, the Maryland governor just opened up or what seemed to be open up Maryland as of today a little bit more um, by Friday is what I've been told. Um, but, you know, being an event coordinator and being in the industry and being a travel agent as well, those are my lifeblood. So I'm constantly, um, constantly in tune with what's going on and kind of um, back and forth with um, different counties and everything like that. And it's really hard to keep up sometimes because you've got your state regulations, you've got your county regulations, and you've got your alternate regulations that you have to go through. And so um, I, they are starting to pick up a little bit, weddings are, but they're still really small, which I kind of like because you get that intimate side of things. We have a, a lawyer conference. The first live one is in a month. I'm not going, and I, I just hope it's not going to be a super spreader event. But um, the world is opening, and, and hopefully we resume to normal soon. I hope so, whatever that normal is. Sometimes normal isn't always that great. The new normal. <laughs> yeah. So maybe we can uh, redefine what that normalcy is and hopefully take this opportunity and make it better. For sure, yeah. I'm hoping that DSP sets that standard of, you know, what that new normal is and um, welcomes brothers back as, as cautiously as we can when we get to that point. What is your favorite Delta Sigma Pi memory? Oh, wow. Probably it's a tie, it's a tie between going to my first grand chapter at Chicago and being elected as RVP uh, for the first time in New Orleans. That was pretty awesome. Very, two very good memories. Yes. Two good Congresses too. Yes, very much so. Anything else you want uh, our listeners to know about you as they're considering their vote? Um, absolutely. I mean, um, I'm pretty open to my, anybody's conversations. You know, um, I think one of the biggest things I always like to portray about myself is no matter what my position is or what um, my leadership role is or not is in Delta Sigma Pi, I am always here to help encourage the listening ear um, and a mentor if needed to brothers that are in need. Um, I think one of the biggest things that I love about this fraternity is that we are first and foremost a family and um, you know, families go through a lot of things at different points in their lives. And I think it's important to be supportive of everybody, um, especially considering the past year and what everything, everything that everybody has gone through. Um, and also as far as like my candidacy and everything, um, I am always welcome to have a conversation with anybody, um, no matter if we agree or disagree. Um, I think that's one of the important things that I wanna highlight is that, um, you know, I, we might disagree on a lot of things or maybe maybe very small, minute things, but I'm always 
you're always welcome and you're always going to have a voice when you're talking when you're talking with me and um you know we can leave that conversation as brothers and um still be friendly and still be cordial and still support each other and the fraternity as a whole i think that would be a great thing for the fraternity if we wanted more information about you and your candidacy to see where would we look my web address is monica the number four n e p v p dot wixsite dot com, and then anybody is always also uh, welcome to email me, which is a little bit easier to find at capital R V P at dsp dot org. Or uh, Facebook group is also another place you can reach me, and that is Monica Monroe for n e p v p, or you can find me on Instagram as well, Monica for an EPVP. Well, this is the first time ever we will not be campaigning in person and it's an interesting change. So it'll be, uh, I'm very interested to see how the candidates approach it this year and, and we're watching. So thank I you for- I never campaigned in person actually. I, um, I always ran, ran uncontested races. So this is a first on many levels for me. <laughs> Are you having fun? Oh, I'm having so much fun. Yes. I am constantly bombarded with questions about my campaign. And um, what I mean, when I mean, but when I say bombarded, I mean, um, everybody has been asking me anything off the wall and welcoming me and congratulating me and encouraging me. And holy cow, it's a long time between now and August, but um, it's been great. In the old days, we only had three days to campaign, and it was much, much different. And now with the expanded rules, uh, we're in a whole new territory that we're, we're just kind of discovering and having fun with. Well, Monica, thank you for joining us tonight um, and having this discussion. Wish we could do it in person, um, but I'm very glad that you participated in our podcast. Absolutely. Thank you, Eddie. Thanks for giving us this opportunity to, um, you know, share ourselves with um, brothers and, you know, bring that real side to um, candidates and leaders in the fraternity. That's much appreciated. Well, there is a story to tell. And we appreciate you, uh, Monica, and we will see everybody else next Sunday. And I think we're going to have Paul Capernella. Uh, who is a candidate for grand president. We'll see you then.